get little Liliana as her mother shows her how to gather breakfast from a chicken or make milkshakes from a cow. Even Stephen's juggling papa taught him when to take a bow. Nothing's missing cause they listened when their parents taught them how. A mother and a father know the ways to live life right. So listen little children and your days will turn out bright. Now you. Hey everyone, it's Jonathan, and welcome to the 100th episode of Every Version Ever. To mark this special occasion, I wanted to have back a semi-recurring guest from before I transitioned into podcasting, my cousin Shayna. Listeners to Every Version Ever will have heard Shayna in the past. I repurposed our reviews of shorts based on Alice in Wonderland and A Christmas Carol into podcast episodes these past couple years, but I've wanted to have her back properly for a while now, so with the 100th episode coming up, I figured now is the perfect time. The last time Shayna sat down and actually did a review with me, I think was either 2017 or 2018, and between then and now, she's actually gotten married, so her husband Eric is also joining us, as well as her sister, my most frequent co-host, Sarah. I had not actually been paying enough attention to my episode count, and I've recorded most of the rest of my Pinocchio series already. When I went to update my spreadsheet a couple weeks ago, I realized I was almost at the big 100, so instead of just going ahead with what I'd already recorded, I decided to shuffle my schedule and record an extra episode at nearly the last minute so that we could properly commemorate the occasion. And knowing Shayna, I figured I would try to find something a little more fitting to her sensibilities, nothing that she might find creepy, which probably knocks out about 75 or 80% of all Pinocchio adaptations ever, but also just something fun and nostalgic, even if we hadn't actually watched it before. So today, we're talking about the VeggieTales adaptation, Pistachio, the little boy that wouldn't. And before we get into the episode, I also want to give a huge shout out and thank you to Katie Fabric, another longtime co-host, but also one of my artists for the YouTube versions of my podcast. She recently did a bunch of art for me, but managed to do a couple more for Shana and Eric with very little turnaround time since this was almost a last minute production. Katie is an amazing artist, so make sure to check her out and stay tuned because she'll be joining me for several upcoming episodes, including at least two more Pinocchio films for this series. Okay, on to the VeggieTales version with Sarah, Shana, and Eric. Sarah and I have already been doing these, but I wanted to ask, how familiar are you guys with Pinocchio? Like, the story in general. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we watched the Disney one growing up, so I'm familiar with that one. Your mother didn't read you the story at bedtime? No. (laughs) You were spared that trauma. I vaguely, like, I'm, I have this tiny, tiny spark of a desire to know more of the story, but I just don't know if I'm going to take myself down that trail. I mean, you can borrow my book if you want. It's great artwork either way, <laughs> the copy you got. Yeah. Now, I remember we, Mom read it to us when we were kids, but I didn't remember how dark the book was. Was it abridged or? No, it was like an old copy, like falling apart, yellowing pages. For realsies? Yeah. Was she just frustrated with you guys or something? <laughs> I don't like, know. this is what happens to little boys who don't <laughs> listen to me. <laughs> that may be a conversation later. <laughs> Why did you read us Pinocchio? Well, I thought it was nice. <laughs> well, it didn't do any damage because I didn't remember all the stuff that was in it, so... Blocked it out. (laughs) I think a lot of stuff kids don't take too seriously anyways. Yeah, Jonathan and I have already had the discussion that the Disney one, I didn't mind it as a child, and then as an adult, I'm... It's upsetting. (laughs) 
very upsetting. And you haven't even read the book. <laughs> yeah, but now I kind of want to read the book. <laughs> How much different is the book, though, from the movie? Oh, 180 degrees difference. The Disney version is so nice and clean and sanitized, oh. and, and it includes... With <laughs> the demon beasts and the villains who get away, it's a nice, clean, sanitized version. <laughs> Human trafficking via donkey transformation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the nice version. Mm. <laughs> no, you should tell him how how Pinocchio uh, comes back from becoming a donkey. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> now that I've read the book, uh, yeah. So, do you any guesses on how Pinocchio gets back to being a puppet from being a donkey? And in the book, he does fully turn into a donkey. Yes, like a full animal, fur and everything. He doesn't turn into a wooden version like in a lot of film adaptations. You'll never guess. You'll never guess. You'll never guess. <laughs> Does somebody take a curse off of him or something? Oh, take something off of him. <laughs> his tail? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's bought by an old farmer who wants the donkey pelt. <laughs> yeah, wants to skin him. And oh, he, my stars. He thinks it would just be too cruel to kill him. So he throws him into the sea to drown him. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but that's not where it ends. No. No, that's the beginning or the middle. <laughs> and then a school of fish comes along and eats him alive. <laughs> and underneath, there he is, a puppet again. <laughs> And so this farmer who thinks he's what? just going to drown the donkey and then take the pelt off lifts him up and he's got a puppet instead of a donkey. <laughs> oh my goodness. And, and it makes more sense because Jonathan told me this, the, basically the point of this story is what happens to horrible, disobedient little boys, right? Yes, yes. So, That's why it was so fitting that they did the VeggieTales version and the whole point of it is listen to your parents. So it's like, <laughs> did this guy have a really horrible child or really terrible brothers? I don't know, but this story came into being. Yes. No, I like. I didn't really know what to expect with the VeggieTales version. I just knew that there was one. I'd never seen it before. So when I first realized that I was at 100 episodes, like I would have been past it because we record, I've recorded a bunch already. I was like, well, I should like acknowledge it, like talk about hitting 100 episodes in the podcast. Yeah. And then I had the edit, well, Shana hasn't done a podcast in years. I should have her back. <laughs> that would be a good 100th episode. And I was thinking, well, what version could we do? So I started looking through the version. I was like, VeggieTales. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I uh, didn't know how perfect that was. And so the, the, the giveaway is when she started singing along to all the words of the beginning song. Guilty. <laughs> and you also have a new guest. Yes. For the 100th episode. Shana has been married since she was last involved in the podcast, so Eric is here as well. Hello. <laughs> and I'm here because I'm a veteran and he's including me on the 100th episode. I'm already involved with Pinocchio anyway, of all the things to be involved with, but... <laughs> I think I kind of walked into it innocently rewatching the Disney one mm -hmm. and then found out that that's horrible. But then the Guillermo del Toro, am I saying that right? Yeah. Close, yeah. Version looked so interesting, like I was getting emotional watching the trailer that I ended up 
watching and reviewing that too. So apparently we're just going to keep this thing rolling a little <laughs> while longer. But this is like one of the tamest, yes. or if not the tamest version of Pinocchio that you could watch. Pretty, pretty much. It's yeah. enough to teach the little children that it's important <laughs> to listen without totally traumatizing them. Yes. Well, like I said, I didn't really know what to expect with the VeggieTales version. And I started watching and I was like... Okay, so the moral of this one is obey your parents. And technically, the moral of Pinocchio is obey your parents. So, perfect. <laughs> they just did a very sanitized version for mm-hmm, VeggieTales. Mm-hmm. The patient Christian parent, not the one who was totally fed up with children. <laughs> <laughs> so, had either of you seen this version? No, never seen it before. No, I don't believe so. With all the VeggieTales I've watched in the past, babysitting... Well, experiences. When, I think this came after we were watching Veggie Tales. When, because like, what years was that? Because I remember watching Veggie Tales with you, ago. and I don't remember the kid's name. Early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, I remember just watching Veggie Tales while babysitting. You're talking about Darian. It could have been. I don't remember the kid's Who's name. Probably in college, married with two children. <laughs> probably. At this point. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Shout out to Darian. I hope you're having a beautiful life. <laughs> Do you realize he's going to listen to this? <laughs> we reconnected over Veggie Tales. It's where it all started. The circle is complete. Oh. <laughs> Shane is like, I want that. <laughs> no. You didn't have a chance to know Darian as a person. Not just really. As a baby. Yeah, just as a little guy. He had very mixed feelings about me watching him, too. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can believe so that. So anyway. No, this is important to the to the podcast. We need to talk all about Darian and his, his dietary needs and... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember what all we watched with him. The main things that I remember from VeggieTales were the silly songs. Because I remember after watching with you babysitting i think i bought a set of dvds with like all the silly songs i remember we watched that with my brothers a bunch i think i even bought the soundtrack i so, wonder if my experience with veggie tales was babysitting the hansen kids i can't remember because i know somewhere in there veggie tales happened and the cheeseburger song yeah sort I of gets seared right. on mm-hmm. your brain and whatever else you know the oh Ophelia and Omelette and, oh, yeah. <laughs> but you probably watched more of it than I did. And what about you, Eric? Did you grow up with that at all? I grew up watching it like, uh, yeah. I remember watching it at the Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. A safe program. <laughs> <laughs> Teach the children. The last big VeggieTales thing that I remember watching was the Jonah movie which I thought was fitting because this kind of tied in with Jonah in several ways. I thought so too. Like it indirectly and directly, like there were some direct references to Jonah that I thought was kind of hilarious. Especially when Caterpillar was like, I've done this before. Yeah. You could survive in a fish's stomach for two, three days. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I watched the Jonah one. Or maybe I did. I don't think I did. Yeah, I think you did. I mean, it's been a long time, but... I'm pretty sure we borrowed that one from the library. 
Speaking of the past, there's a reference at the beginning of this before you even get into the story that if you're new to the world, you won't get, and that's Ty Pennington. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I had this little, you know, my grandmother used to like to watch that. Oh, my show. family or was obsessed did, or was with it, Or that. was it just your mom? Maybe that's what I'm Every Sunday night we watched Extreme I, Makeover Home Edition. I think maybe that was your mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your mom's thing more than grandma's. All the way down to the spiky hair man. Yes. Yeah, it's this little vegetable character, and they've had the, the kitchen remodeled feebly. The, the the program was extreme redo crying edition. <laughs> <laughs> so just let it all out, it's, buddy. It's, it's one of those things 20 years from now. Is anybody going to know what that means? But if you grew up with those type of shows. Yeah, th- that is true. I, I didn't think of it, but that is kind of a reference that's going to be well, it is dated at this point now, yeah. but it it fit for me because we watched that all the time. So I got a kick out of that. It was cute. I will, and I think you enjoyed all the punny names. I know you did. Yeah, actually, I was just <laughs> thinking about that. Where you have gelato instead of Geppetto. And his brother Dorito and Milano. And espresso. <laughs> like every, everything in this movie had a fake italian parody name i kind of like that they're just taking things that people will recognize who are extremely ignorant of italian things (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't even have to be italian like parcheesi probably isn't anything but like i think the the town that they lived in was bologna salami yes (laughs) just stuff like that is utterly ridiculous but i thought it was hilarious very cute. I, I also felt like Gelato, as Geppetto, really sort of fits into the Pinocchio canon of inept fathers. <laughs> yes. Good, tender-hearted, but inept. Yes, very much. Larry was Gelato. Yeah, all of the characters were played by veggie characters that we know from other ones. You had, well, start starting at the beginning, I thought it was interesting that they had the other woodcarver at the beginning which i don't know that i've ever seen a version of pinocchio that actually has the guy who gave geppetto the wood at the beginning is that in the book oh yeah that's in the book and i don't think i've seen it in any other version isn't that nuts i know bouncing piece of wood there were a few things that i noticed in this version that i don't know how much is ever done in any other version you gotta wonder if the people if one or more people had read the book and oh they had to have that's pretty good if they're... like this especially the thing with the five golden coins like i think i've only seen that in only one i can only think of one off the top of my head that did the five golden coins they they did it in a different direction but they still had them so i thought that was interesting i didn't even know that was a thing so that, that's from the book yes so as silly as this is there there's actually nods yes they, authentic nods they they did a pretty good job and like actually having the wood be alive that you don't usually get usually they've they change it so that he's brought to life somehow but in mm. the book the wood is just alive and he carves it into a puppet which is awkward <laughs> are there ducklings in the book no okay. <laughs> that was not, not singing not barbershop no, no barbershop ducklings. i love the ducklings yes. Well, they're unique to this version. The Monopoly playing ducklings. <laughs> they ha- were cute. Did you have a favorite character, Eric? Oh, 
How do you choose? Yeah, that's kind of hard to... <laughs> Maybe the ducklings? I don't know. I liked that they were lured into that relationship by a toy duck. <laughs> You will be my children now. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, something unique to this version, not from the book, is that Geppetto has, or Gelato, has three brothers who are apparently lost at sea while delivering meatballs to the small island of Boyardee. <laughs> <laughs> And their names are Milano, Espresso, and Dorito. <laughs> and then in the Cricket character, we have the caterpillar slash worm from the Jonah movie playing a character named Cricket, who keeps having to correct everyone. Oh, did did he eat the vine? Yes. Okay, so that's why we have like a Middle Eastern caterpillar on yes. this movie. Okay, <laughs> I thought... My mind went to Alice, and the caterpillar was Alka. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, I didn't even think of that. That's true. I'm no, happy yeah. to have a Middle Eastern character in this production, though. That's that's okay. It's good. <laughs> yeah, this, the caterpillar is the stand-in for the cricket, and he's just named Cricket. And he does not really appreciate having to live with the ducklings, because he's afraid of being eaten. How did he get to Italy? <laughs> <laughs> we need caterpillar backstory. So the the story kicks off with Gelato taking the ducklings around town, singing a song about obedience. <laughs> but in true VeggieTales fashion, they also sing in pig Latin and as a barbershop quartet. I was going to say trio, but then the caterpillar came at the end, so it made it a quartet. And then, like I said, they go by a hardware store where Paw Grape is playing a character named Parcheesi, who gives him a piece of wood. I should see what the character's name in the book was. I don't think it was Parcheesi, but I don't know if it was... Anything a... that rhymes with Parcheesi. <laughs> I just want to know if it was like a play on what was in the book. Mastro Cherry, so I guess not. Oh, Mastro Antonio, but everyone called him Mastro Cherry. So not quite a parody of that. But I'm still impressed that they included the character. <laughs> they did not, however, have a fight, because in the book, Geppetto and Mastro Cherry have a knockdown, drag-out brawl for some reason. I can't remember why. But they fight and then become friends at the end of the fight. <laughs> if only that's how it works. <laughs> oh, I've just insulted you and bloodied you and dirtied you. We're friends now. <sighs> No, in this version, he just gives him a chunk of pistachio wood because he's nervous about the fact that the wood is bouncing around by itself, which I guess is understandable. <laughs> but Gelato doesn't care. He goes home, puts the ducklings to bed, and starts carving the wood. And by the next morning, he has pistachio, a little wooden asparagus boy. <laughs> because it's veggie tails. Yes. Pistachio was played by the character named Junior Asparagus, and in true fashion to the book, he starts jumping around, refusing to listen. <laughs> so they're, they're accurate with the character of Pinocchio. The dialogue was a little more no on the nose than the book, though, because they make a lot of being obedient, listening to your parents, etc. And then they go to an art museum, which 
I was trying to think, is there anything from the book that would be an art museum? But I don't think so. They just go there to teach some lessons for some reason. And Gelato tells him, there's nothing like art to help you find your way, which is not a joke because there's a curator named Art who points them in the direction of the painting they're looking for. And then the painting that he's looking for is a painting of the story of the good shepherd from the Bible who has lost one sheep out of 100 and leaves the 99 to go find the one. And Pinocchio wants, or Pistachio. <laughs> I'm probably going to do that, <laughs> call him Pinocchio, because that's what we're talking about. He wants to know why the sheep ran away, and Gelato and the cricket try to explain that the sheep probably thought he knew what was best, and then, of course, that's the moral that some children act like the sheep, thinking they know what's best, but they can get in trouble if they go off by themselves. And Pistachio does not take that in at all, because he sort of cons Gelato out of five cents, which he claims is for an art book so that he can keep on learning and teach the ducklings about art, but he's actually going to go use it to watch a puppet show. I think maybe it was just an excuse to go stare at that, and then he ended up getting sucked in to actually pay for it. It could have been. Either way, it was just, yeah, it was a slippery slope. Yes. But you know he wasn't being fully truthful anyways, because his nose grew a tiny bit when he was talking about Mm. going over there. And he just shrugs it off. Eh, growing boy. (laughs) (laughs) And this puppet show is run by the great Calzone, played by Mr. Nezer. And this is where I think... There there was a few references in here that I think were closer to the Disney version than the book version. Because I think the great Calzone is more a reference to Stromboli. Mm -hmm. Calzone, Stromboli. (laughs) Yeah. Because in the book... The character is named Mangiofuoco, not Stromboli. So I think this is more a nod to the Disney version of this character. They had that in the Guillermo version, didn't they? Yes, that's the character who they decided to change into a background character because so the fox was promoted to the main bad guy instead. So they, they kept the, the that name on the burly guy, though? Yes. Okay. Okay. They just changed what he was used for. Right. Strongman. Mm-hmm. So this great Calzone character is thinking about not listening to your parents. And then, like the Stromboli character, sees Pistachio and wants to use him in his show because he seems to be a puppet with no strings. This interaction is that everything is shorter than all the other versions. For shorter attention spans. So instead of, like, actually being drafted into this show, he just runs away from the Great Calzone. It works. (coughs) It is less dark. Yes. (laughs) And then they tie all this together with the cat and the fox, because when he's fleeing, he ends up crashing into a coat rack, and he finds five golden coins, which I believe in the book they were given to him by Geppetto. But in this version, he finds these coins, and then... Once he's outside, he runs into the fox and the cat. This is a justice that is never served because whoever lost their coins didn't get them back. <laughs> that is true. We never did find out who those belonged to. Man. A little less disturbing than human traffickers getting away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so what was the purpose of the, f- the five golden coins in this story? In the book, the fox and the cat wanted them from him. And it plays out similar to this, but they've tied 
like two scenes together. Like they've really shortened all of this because in this version, okay, these characters have names in this version, which they are usually just the fox and the cat. And I don't know what the fox's name means. He's confetti the fox. Like, is that a, a pun? Does anyone recognize what that might be referencing? I don't. No, I don't know. But I love the cat's name because the cat was named Purina. <laughs> <laughs> Purina? Yes. Like kitty chow. Cat chow. Okay. I liked that they were wearing, they were vegetables wearing disguises. Yes, so did I. (laughs) And Confetti was played by the character Archibald Asparagus, and Purina was a scallion whose name I do not remember. I don't know if he even has a name. I couldn't find one online. But anyways, in the book, these characters want his gold, and they trick him into burying it because they say that If he goes to this field and buries the gold, it will grow into a magic tree and give him like 10 times the gold. But when Pinocchio does that, he leaves and comes back and finds that they've dug up his gold and ran off. Mm -hmm. But in this version, they've tied it into what is in the book called the Isle of Toys. And in the Disney movie, it's called Pleasure Island. And they've merged this into this wharf amusement park thing. Mm -hmm. So they've they've done a good job in shortening this and making it actually work. Some sometimes versions will abridge things that in ways that don't really make sense. But I think they did a good job with the time they had shortening this up. But yeah, they take him off because they're gonna go con him out of his gold. And meanwhile, Gelato has no idea what's going on, and sort of home alone's pistachio, thinking that he's right behind him when in reality the voice he heard was some other kid. Yeah. The cat and the fox sort of sweet talk pistachio, telling him how clever he is to turn his five pennies, which he had at the beginning, that he spent at the puppet show, into five coins. And they say that if he can turn his gold coins into more gold coins, his father will be so proud of him. They take him to this carnival. To The first stop is the Wheel of Moolah. And it is a game that costs one coin to spin. Wherever the wheel stops, the money will be multiplied by that number. Except the wheel is filled entirely by zeros with a single ten slot. And Pinocchio says, or Pistachio, says, wow, so the worst thing that could happen is that I get my gold coin back. And the guy who's running it says, math's not really your thing, is it? (laughs) And I think this guy, I don't know if he has a book parallel. Maybe the stagecoach driver that's the only thing i can think of but he's in on it with the fox and the cat and he takes his coin and of course the game is rigged so he loses the coin by this time gelato has gotten back home he's feeding his ducklings corn dogs for some reason (laughs) because that's what the writers felt like well because that's what a good parent feeds their children right it's tasty I, I love how random Veggie Tales can be. Yeah. Sure, ducklings eat corn dogs. <laughs> he notices there then that someone is missing, and Gelato thinks that he's lost a duckling, but then is horrified when the caterpillar points out that no, it's pistachio. So then he remembers his lesson to Pinocchio and says that, like the good shepherd, he's going to go out into the storm and find his lost child. And then this is where the first half ends, because 
VeggieTales movies always have two halves, and in the middle you get a silly song with Larry. Except in this one you get an obscure Broadway show tune with Larry. <laughs> Where have all the staplers gone? Yes. Except this is apparently a parody of a song called Where Have All the Flowers Gone that I had never heard of. You had never heard of that song? No. Honestly, I don't know how much they even kept the tune. I don't think they did, because I looked it up yet last night, and it was very slow compared to this one. It's a very, it's supposed to be very thought-provoking. Yes. It was not the same as this one. This one was, I mean, they've Broadwayified it. It's big and has a big dance number with dancing office supplies. <laughs> yes, all the, the Vietnam protesters would be so proud. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, the, there's not really a whole um, point to the song. It's just... It's cute. La- Larry and his co-worker, played by... The character's name is Petunia Rhubarb. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I don't, she does not look like a rhubarb to me. <laughs> They're just two office workers who can't find any office supplies. So that's where the song comes in. I don't think that one's going to get stuck in my head the way the cheeseburger song did. Or Barbara Manatee. Oh, man. <laughs> and where is my hairbrush? <laughs> oh, man. You're bringing stuff back now. <laughs> Random question here. Do we know how many, uh, at the top of our heads, do we know how many Veggie Tales there actually are? How many episodes they did? Not off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. I know there was quite a few. I want to say maybe 30, but then they also have a couple of TV shows too. I know they were talking about bringing Veggie Tales back. I, I believe I heard. I think they were bought out by another company because I don't think the original people are even involved anymore. I know they had at least two shows where they were, they stayed on as the voice actors. Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of stories besides the ones that were just on videotape. Sure. How did that even start? Somebody just playing with vegetables with their kids or something? Somebody was probably playing with their food. (laughs) I can't remember exactly how it started. It's Phil Vischer, and I think he was getting into animation, and he wanted, I think he was using it as a way to practice, but then he also was, like, in children's ministry as well, and he kind of decided to tie the two together by making Mm -hmm. this video series, and it eventually became a huge hit. Yeah. Okay. So after the obscure Broadway show tunes with Larry... We go back to Pinocchio getting conned out of all his money. He's playing a Plinko-style game that's impossible to win. And he wants to leave, but the cat, the fox, and the carny sing a song to convince him to keep playing. And the lyrics are all about how he doesn't need to listen to his father. Peer pressure. So Trent... peer. (laughs) 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 Yes. And during this song, it also transitions to Gelato singing the same song with different lyrics about finding his son. And he meets someone who tells him that they saw Pistachio heading to the ocean. So he decides to just get in a boat and head out to sea, which honestly is kind of true to the book. (laughs) (laughs) 
And during the song, P- Pistachio has lost all but one coin. They convince him to play one last game, which involves a roller coaster for some reason. That was kind of an odd dream type <laughs> element. This is a trivia game played on a roller coaster. The more he answers, the more money he wins and the higher he goes. And if he gets an answer wrong, he loses everything. And the questions all involve the story of the lost sheep for some reason, which is very random. But, I mean, you got to tie it back in somehow. (laughs) Yes. But it's like, why would these evil people be referencing a Bible story? Because it's VeggieTales and they want the, the little ones to learn. Okay. And even the characters themselves were like, where did we get these questions from? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but then that last question, though, was asking him how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood. Yes, a question that is impossible to answer. So he loses everything. And he gets thrown into the ocean on his little roller coaster cart. Yes. <laughs> he can't answer, so they launch him into the ocean. <laughs> Like I said, that was a trick question. That was not right. You knew he was being duped then, if not before, with that very, very slow ascent. Yes. So Gelato and Pistachio are now in the ocean together, but before they can be reunited, of course, Gelato is swallowed by the whale. And I think that this whale is the same whale from Jonah, a VeggieTales movie. I'm pretty sure they use the exact same model. It was so good how this, like, things couldn't get any worse, and then just popped out of the water, swallowed them, and was back down. Like, there was no big dramatic, oh, here it comes. It was just like, nom. I have this big, giant, dry-eyed whale with all of his lumps and his little bitty tail flying through the air. Yeah. You have two scenes. First, Geppetto, or Gelato, gets swallowed, and Pistachio wakes up on shore the next day and meets... The blueberry instead of the blue fairy. Oh, I want some pistachio gelato be good right about now. <laughs> yes, it would. We're not prepared. Yeah, that didn't register right away. And then it was like, oh, the blue fairy, the blueberry. Okay. And I liked how the, her, like, if you've seen the Madam Blueberry in any other version, she's a lot darker. I like how they've changed her coloring for this one because in the book, it's not the blue fairy, it's the fairy with the turquoise hair. And she's much more turquoise as this blueberry. (laughs) Whoa, okay, in the book? Yeah. It's the fairy's turquoise? She has turquoise hair. Turquoise hair. Yes, she's not all blue. As most versions now, I think, are just going off the Disney version calling her the blue fairy. Okay. But yeah, she's the fairy with the... Depending on the translation, because it is an Italian book, different transla- different versions translate it different. It can be the fairy with turquoise hair, or the fairy with azure hair, or the fairy with blue hair. Oh. But I, I, as far as I know, it's usually the fairy with turquoise hair. Hmm. And I liked that Madame Blueberry had been turned more turquoise than blue in this version. The fairy with mermaid hair. The thing that got me is that you have pistachio up on the beach, and he sees... <laughs> Blueberry is like, you're so beautiful. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> well, to a vegetable, maybe. Sure, maybe to this little asparagus, the, the, the blueberry. <laughs> anyway, she was kind of a cute character on here as the babysitter. 
Yeah, she only has like a brief scene with Pistachio, which this this scene is not really from the book. I mean, her interaction with Pinocchio is closer to the book than most versions because most versions seem to have her come in and bring him to life. Like, because the Disney version did that, so most versions just do that. But in the book, he finds her in the woods. And at first, she's like a sister to him. And then they're separated. And then much later in the book, he finds her again. She's much older. And now she's like a mother to him. Mother to who? Pinocchio. Okay. So it's, I guess it's similar to the book in that they just kind of run into each other and she gives him a little lesson. Because, like, in the book, that that's her point. She's, like, trying to teach him things instead of, like, magically helping him. Okay. Well, yeah, she's she gives him a lesson, and then he lies to her, has his nose grow into a branch, and then she doesn't help him. <laughs> she just says, she gotta go. I think she tried to point the way to fix she, it by, yeah. by being obedient. Yes, but unlike, unlike the Disney version, she waves her wand and turns his nose back to normal. But this version, she just... Left him to deal with the consequences of his lies. That's <laughs> probably closer to real life. Probably. But in this one, she's leaving to babysit the ducklings because <laughs> the caterpillar is now out looking for pistachio and gelato. And then they together end up on a runaway cart, get launched into the ocean and immediately swallowed by the whale as well. And then this is where you have the tie into the Jonah movie because there's some dialogue about, oh, you can stay alive in a fi- inside a fish for two or three days. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so they venture deeper into the whale and discover Gelato's long-lost brothers, who I think, like, I've never seen The Godfather, but I think these characters are all parodies of Godfather characters. I was getting a little bit of that vibe myself. Well, they were trying to say more like... Oh, De Niro and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Oh. They're talking about an offer that you just can't refuse. <laughs> yeah. So then they have another musical number singing a song about having taken meatballs out to sea, which led them to get eaten by a whale. And then Gelato appears behind them. They had previously been reunited, so now Gelato and Pistachio are back together. And Pistachio asks the brothers how they've survived all these years, and they say the fish swallowed their delivery boat full of meatballs. <laughs> the fi- this fish loves eating Italian, including us. <laughs> Veggie tail logic. <laughs> Add a little freshness with those cucumbers, man. So Gelato shaves his nose back down to size, and then they all realize that by some coincidence, they have just now run out of food. The only thing they have left are barrels of castor oil that they use to light their lamps. And Pistachio suggests that they dump it all out and make the whale throw up. And I was thinking, that's not what castor oil is famous for making you do. I suppose throwing up is slightly more family friendly than the alternative, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Gelato suggests taking the barrels up and dropping them off the crow's nest so they'll break, but Pinocchio thinks they're too strong for that, and he knows wood because he is wood. But the moral of this story is to listen to your parents, and by this time he's learned that lesson, so he goes ahead with Gelato's plan. And it does work. 
but the lights also go out so we don't really see what happened. They're all in the dark for a while until they hear a grumbling noise, <laughs> and they are expelled a great force from the sea. So, did it throw up, <laughs> or was it something else? <laughs> Thankfully, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> Thoughts I was not having during the movie. As someone who was forced to take castor oil as a child, those are thoughts that I had. (laughs) (laughs) So, they're free. They all go home, and the narration informs us that they have all become a real family. Which I guess takes the place of him becoming a real boy. Which I thought was interesting. We have yet another version where he does not transform into a real boy. This one I don't care. I didn't either. <laughs> like, he just, I hardly even noticed. Because if it, because he just looks like a little asparagus. Yes, they put a little bit of wood grain on him, but yeah, they're, yeah, they're all animated characters. Like none of them are real people anyway. So yeah, yeah, I, I, it did you not don't, bother you just me. Don't, you don't miss. Well, and he's like gelato is happy basically the whole movie. It's not mm-hmm. like he was grieved and lonely and you know desperate need of a son or whatever <laughs> it's, just, uh, <laughs> it's just like oh cool a thing happened so yeah i don't it's fine he and he got brothers back so which is yeah random <laughs> <laughs> yeah there was no brothers in the original book either so i don't really know where they came from but they probably just wanted more italian puns maybe (laughs) a little more comic relief in there yeah and that's basically the end of the pinocchio subplot they end with a song about listening to your mother and father and then you transition back to the real world where the characters who are actors are there on the counter with bob and larry we didn't really touch on the the part about like Pinocchio did actually change his attitude. I'm P- Pistachio. Yes. Did change his attitude. He remembered the Bible lesson when they were trying to con him out of money on the roller coaster, and mm-hmm. he did end up being sorry and saying everything that he did wrong. And yeah. And another note, if I may add this, is I love when the blueberry was babysitting the ducklings while all this was going on, and they were playing Monopoly. <laughs> And she was winning. Yes. And the little duck leaned his head against the table and was like, oh, man. <laughs> Did you have any favorite parts, Eric? Um, oh. How, too many to count. Yeah, too many to count. <laughs> Being inside of the whale was, was pretty cool. It would have been nice if it would have been the other end, but... <laughs> I would have more money. I think you liked the part where the whale went chomp. And just swallowed them. That was good. That was, yeah, that was very good. I guess we didn't really talk about the point of having the Extreme Redo Crying Edition parody at the beginning. It was because the counter where the veggies live was getting remodeled, but the remodel only consisted of adding some throw pillows and an upgraded computer. And a blue wall. Oh, yes, the blue wall. Which I think might have been there before. Hmm. It might have been. It's been too long since I've seen a lot of VeggieTales, so I don't really remember a whole lot of what the kitchen looked like. But the point of it was, like, Bob was kind of annoyed by everything, except he liked the upgraded computer, because 
it gave him a video chat with a child who wanted to ask a question. And that ties back into the end because they go back to the real world and they've got to figure out what they've learned. And this is where there's a bunch of Godfather... I think it's Godfather references. I'm not 100% sure. And then they do another video chat with the kid who had asked a question about obeying your parents. And that's basically the end. They have like a Bible verse talking about honoring your father and mother. And yeah, they sure. just they just really tie in the obedience to parents lesson from Pinocchio with the beginning and the end. They, they managed to turn Pinocchio into a Bible lesson. Yes. Which is... Yeah, not typical. But it worked. I thought they did it a did. good job. Like they they usually VeggieTales usually does just Bible parodies, but I thought they did a really good job making Pinocchio into a story that teaches a lesson because I mean the original Pinocchio for as dark and disturbing as some of it is, that is the point of Pinocchio. Right. It's listen to your parents. <laughs> but instead of having him get hung and drowned and eaten alive, he just gets conned out of his money and tossed into the ocean. <laughs> when you don't think of like something as old as Pinocchio as having a dark and kind of horrific storyline to it, you think of that as more of like a modern day thing where they try to be a little bit more... Uh, have you read old fairy tales? <laughs> yes, I haven't. Mo- modern stories are so much cleaner and nicer okay like if you start reading old fairy tales they are dark here's a and maybe we've already discussed this on the podcast but one day my other sister and i were having a discussion about fairy tales and i think she had listened to something where it basically advocated or explained these old fairy tales as a way to introduce children to the darkness of the world in a safe space mm-hmm. before they had to go and meet that darkness to to have an introduction to a story where they were they were safe but and, you know it's still scary but just to strengthen them for that mm-hmm. and the old fairy tales i have not gone I, shoot have i read any old fairy tales oh, you wouldn't know. I don't know you wouldn't know i've read um, some i i would like to I, get more Maybe I would have if I hadn't had other people be like, this is dark. <laughs> I started to read Bambi, which doesn't really count as an old, old fairy tale. That's not that old. I think that was early 1900s. Yeah, I'm thinking like maybe 1700s, 1700s maybe yeah. or be- before. And that does seem to be a theme, isn't it? Of, yes. Of very dark Oh, it's tales. definitely a theme. Yeah, no, with a lot... A lot of old fairy tales, like most famously the Grimm's fairy tales, those are super dark. But they're based on even older stories, usually. The but, Grimm's popularized them. But um, Hans, Christian's Anders- Hans Christian Andersen, I'm thinking like the Little Mermaid, doesn't yeah. she die? Oh, yeah. I was thinking of that example, too, because, I mean, it's been a while, but we did read that. Um, original version when we were kids. Like we borrowed it from the library. Maybe I blocked that out. I don't. And it was very depressing. Mm-hmm. And I suppose there's a similar theme with that of being obedient and, but maybe contentness as well. I don't know. Very possible. I don't. I don't know how much that one was about obedience. I'd need to read it again. It might be closer to contentment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Be content or die. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, that, that's why I say I need to read more. I would like to get some volumes. I was just talking about this. I did a podcast on The Princess and the Goblin the other day. I did a podcast with Jenna, and we are talking yeah. about fairy tales. And I was like, I just need, I need to read more because I want to do more fairy tales for yeah. every version ever because there's so many that have been adapted into feature films. And I need to know which versions were based on which versions of old fairy tales. Mm. I just need to, I feel like I need to be more well-read in Bigger some of these. knowledge base instead of just, okay, this is how this was, but mm -hmm. to actually be able to tie it into the history. Yeah. <laughs> now I kind of want to go explore old fairy tales. I need to find something like this, like a big illustrated volume. Sure. Any other thoughts, people? Um... I know this may be a dumb question, but... The podcast can have rabbit trails, it can have <laughs> Google searches, it can have anecdotes. Yeah. But, but Pinocchio is probably the darkest story that Disney has came out with, isn't it? Not necessarily. Ooh, that's an actually an interesting question. As far as, like, a full movie, probably. You think so? Some of the other ones did have some pretty dark elements in them, in spite of the fact that they cleaned them up. I guess I'm just thinking of, like, lack, the, in terms of mainly the bad guys and their comeuppance. Usually in Disney movies, the bad guys they have some sort cliff. of, yes, <laughs> they have some sort of comeuppance. Uh -huh. But in Pinocchio, they just got away with it. Like, you never... Like, the children are not rescued. Yeah, all the kids who got turned into donkeys, they're sold into slavery and they're never heard from again which is true to the book but usually when disney takes a story like that they make sure that you know that the bad guys will face justice for yeah, their like crimes candlewick probably would have gone crying back into his mother's arms if it had been what you would maybe expect from a disney movie well did i tell you what happens to him in the book <laughs> oh yeah he dies in front of pinocchio yes. <laughs> so and yeah, I think that kind of wraps up Veggie Tales after. <laughs> yeah. I think we'll probably wrap it up here. Happy 100th episode. Thank you for having us. Yeah. We're glad you. you could be here. Maybe we'll have to do it again because I know at some point I would like to do some more Wizard of Oz versions and there's a Veggie Tales Wizard of Oz. Oh, nice. <laughs> so maybe when I do that, we'll have to do some more. What about Veggie Tales Hunchback and Hunchback? I would have to do a bit of research. I don't know how many actual stories they have parodied beyond the Bible. I know there's like th at least three that I will do eventually, one of which is Wizard of Oz, but <laughs> I don't know how many others. All right. Okay, well, That's until all next this time. this episode of This Old House. I'm Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> Aloha. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Every Version Ever. If you like what you've heard, make sure to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform or to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow my co-hosts as well, and if you want more content from us, check out one of the other podcasts in the iHeartMovies podcast network, or check out my brand new Patreon. My link tree, as well as any other relevant links, will be in the description. We'll be back soon with another brand new episode, so thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.